Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Have you ever felt like you're overstimulated by content on the internet. Like there's so much and you're not even sure like what you should be looking at anymore. Everything seems to just all blur into one and you don't even know who's trying to tell you and sell you what. thing about social media is there is no limit to who or to what can be or how much can be put onto our consumers. And this opens up a whole world of possibilities when it comes to brands communicating with their customers, right? It feels like anything is possible. There are almost no rules, and it definitely feels like there are no guidelines. And the reason I'm telling you this is because a lot of salon owners I know struggle how to adapt with this demand. Their expectations for content is constant, and they don't understand what their clients or potential clients really actually want to see from them. So they just check out any old content or something that their teams really want to create that's fun. Something has got to be better than nothing, right? But with content, it's so much more. And so many messages from brands are biding for the attention of our clients online. The stakes and the competition and the expectations are higher than ever. You can't just post any old thing and expect to actually get eyeballs on your content to get seen. We've got to be intentional, strategic, and you've got to be constant. You actually have a story to tell. And that's why on today's podcast, I'm super chuffed to be joined by a long-term friend of mine, Hayley Mears. Now, Hayley is an incredible woman. She's achieved a lot of amazing things in this industry, in both the hair and beauty industry and multiple different capacities actually and she is the person that's going to help tell us once and for all what should we be posting on our social media. Hayley thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective podcast really pleased to have you back. Thank you so much it's, it's been a minute so it's so good to be back even though we we only spoke on a podcast what like two weeks ago. <laughs> We're feast or famine at the moment, Hayley. <laughs> um, for those that don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of like, who are you? What do you do? How did you get to be doing that? Okay. So um, I'm Hayley Mears and I found a media agency that specifically speaks to the beauty industry called Six Underground Media. And we are 13 years in operation this year. And I guess prior to that, I was a hairdresser. So I, I come from the hairdressing world and I'll give you the shorter version. So I did an apprenticeship um, at a really amazing salon called Suki in Newcastle. And so my boss was uh, Sandy Chong, the CEO of the AHC. And when, so she's still in my life daily, which is pretty amazing, like 20, 23 years later. 
Um, and then after that, I became a color technician and I actually worked in London as a teacher for Goldwell in their Mayfair Academy. And then after my London stint, I came back to Sydney and I worked on the salon floor for another four years before I decided that um, it was time to step off the floor. I think clients, there was a lot of things that burned me out. Um, and I didn't necessarily have a disdain for the industry at all, but it just wasn't my happy place. So I went to do a journalism degree, um, writing and, you know, creative stuff like that was always a massive focus of mine. But the GFC happened at that time. So I think we're talking like 2009. And so there there was never going to be a journalism job for me. I was never going to be a beauty writer the way I would perhaps planned. But what happened was, fortuitous and even better that I was able to social media exploded at that moment and Facebook business was really starting to take off and every contact I'd made in my 11 year career up to that point became you know like a client facing relationship in a whole new spectrum so that's that's my story all right give us a little bit of a bird's eye view what does a week in the life of Hayley look like now What do you do? I know what you do for salon owners, but tell us, what do you do? What do I do? So I, we have a team of seven um, at Six Underground and we have three account managers. We have a graphic designer. We have an operations manager and we have two digital assistants as well. And basically I oversee all of the creative that goes into the content that we produce for clients. And most of our clients are salons that are looking for social media, either strategy, content, advice, all of that stuff. It could be other digital forms of marketing. So like salon, um, e-blast, you know, it could even be things like, you know, just making reels. Like we will do anything in that digital space that supports what a salon or a brand looks like in that online space. So each week's quite different um, and we just work with the ebbs and flows of the industry and the economy as it is right now. And I basically just, I tell my daughter, I used to tell her when she was little, she's like, what do, what do you do for work? And my husband say, she's a firefighter. She puts out fires. And that was, that was kind of what I would do. Like, you know, clients would come to me with some sort of problem part of me and it could be things like you know good bad google reviews or like i I, i'm a bit of a big so that's the week week to week is very different um i could be writing a book i could be um working as a keynote speaker um in various parts of the country i could just be behind my computer just thinking up ideas and blurting them all out and yeah that's that's what i do and put out i love I love the variety of that. Um, that certainly keeps life interesting, uh, as well yes. as managing a team of seven. Like that's no easy feat either, right? No, no. <laughs> One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you um, specifically today is that I know, you know, like social media is what marketing is these days. And one of the things I observe is not only do people know, still not really feel comfortable with knowing what to post, but I feel like how people are presenting themselves online um, is still a little bit of a mystery to some. And uh, there's a lot of before and afters, backs of heads, um, stickers and random things happening on reels. And I wonder whether there's 
We've lost in, in the attempt to do more content. We've lost some sense of brand identity along Massively. the way. And um, the focus is on more output, more content, more reels, just to kind of tick the box rather than really pulling together and having not only a visual brand identity, but a, vis but a story identity. So I know this is something you're really good at. Like there is, it's very clear who you are as a brand and the type of work that you do. And so that becomes very attractive and appealing to a really clear demographic of salon owners. And so I, kn I know that you bring the same philosophy to the work that you do for your salon owners. So I thought, let's have this conversation. What is it that we're doing wrong? What is this missing sense of brand that we have uh, as an industry? How let's speak to that. Okay. I'll start with what are we doing wrong? And one of the issues that I'm always battling against with salon owners is they want to have super schnick social media that attracts lots of clients, gets plenty of engagement. However, if I say, okay, here's what we're going to do to get that. I'm going to get you to do a walkthrough of the salon. You just send me all the raw footage. We're going to chop it up and glamorize it into a really gorgeous reel. And we're going to feature, you know, different team members within the same bit of content. Like, but we don't have time. So I think salon owners don't prioritize the time that you need to invest in actually creating decent content. It becomes rushed and it becomes, let's just, didn't get the before photo, but got the after photo. However, there's no um, no observation that that photo is pretty much the same as all of the other photos that you've taken over the last few weeks. There isn't that variety because the time isn't set aside to create it. And I think of content as a form of capital in your business. And without decent content, you are never, ever going to attract new clients in this current space because one of the things that I do speak to a lot is Instagram or Facebook, whether you like it or not, is an online portfolio of your ability. And that is what you will be judged on by every new client. And I would used to say young clients, but I would even say older clients now, they're going to think about switching to your business. They're going to go on Instagram and they're going to have a little look and see what kind of work are you producing. Now, if you've just got a whole heap of the same kind of stuff, it out a great deal of thought, structure, or aesthetic, which I'll talk to in a second, then they're going to say, well, what's in, what's in that for me? And if you don't outline what your business looks like and feels like, it gives them a sense of actually being in it through that online space. How are they going to know if they're going to feel comfortable there? So there's all of these things that we need to do to encourage people to come into our business. So that's what people are doing wrong. So going on to the second point of like, what is it that they can do to increase, I guess, um, better return on their investment in that social space is to is set aside a little bit more time in your week or even in your month. But we pencil time out in our calendars to do things like bookkeeping and uh, payroll and all of admin type, but a lot of sellers don't set aside any time to put a content library together that they can roll out over a period of time. And I actually think team training is the time to do this. When the team are training, making sure that you've got the right models, you can take great before and afters. You know, you, I, I want I want all my clients to be doing things at the basin, like, you know, showing a, a transition of a toner, 
lots of fast track stuff for transformations. I've got this big list actually of things that clients can do when they've run out of ideas. Like, oh, you know, we don't have, we don't really have any new clients, anything interesting to post. It's like you do, you just haven't unpacked it in the right format or you haven't thought out box. And it can be just things that the team are doing with each other that make for amazing content. It breaks up the look of your grid. So it's not hair shot, hair shot, another blonde hair shot. Um, it needs to have, um, you know, some dynamic versatility in that grid. So I think if we can just start investing more time in creating that content and Sandy, um, who I just mentioned before from Suki, like she incentivizes her team. It's like, okay, look, we're going to do, you know, a reward plan or you're going to be entitled to a particular incentive by developing social content. So if you can come up with three reels a month, you go in the draw to win whatever. I think as long as we keep that as part of our business strategy, then we're on the right track. And that doesn't mean you, you have to outsource to a business like myself to do it for you. You can do it yourself but set aside the time to do it properly. Yeah, I think the balance of where we distribute our, our time needs to change. When we, when we take off our stylist or therapist hat and we put in our business owner hat, like we undervalue the marketing piece. I've been thinking about this recently, actually, Hayley, because probably if I think about my team resources, about 33% of our time and effort across my entire team, which is, 13 people, eight full-time equivalents. Um, a third of it is sales and marketing. A third. Like a, that's a chunk. So if you, if you put that into, we're not doing that in the hair and beauty industry. We're not putting a third of our time into sales really? and marketing. Like we're lucky if we get 5% that is, a, 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 that is attributed to that. And so imagine what you would do and what the output that you could do if you could increase the value it's kind of like the thinking of if I took three hours off the floor and each stylist was doing a hundred dollars each in an hour it's costing me seven hundred dollars for that hour not to be on the floor but we forget to look for the return further down the track uh we're just not getting that seven hundred dollars today we're yeah. going to get three thousand dollars in the future distributed over the next six months or something or whatever exactly. it is um we've got to do the math and think about it differently right Absolutely. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the way we present ourselves visually, because I think that's something you do really good, really, really well. Um, talk to me Thank about you. the brand aesthetic. Hey, are you loving this episode so far? Oh, by the way, it's Greta here, Salon Mastery Success Coach at Salon Owners Collective. So I wanted to pop in and ask you something. Do you ever feel like you are winging it when it comes to your business? You started your own business so that you could live the life you wanted with freedom that you wanted, earn great money and be a leader. But the reality is the amount of effort you're putting in isn't giving you an equal reward. You're exhausted and you don't know what to do about it. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to get ahead. You see other people winning and seeing success but how come it doesn't work for you? You wish you had a clear laid out plan, something to guide you in the right direction or help you with what to do next. What can you do that actually work? In reality, many salon owners feel this way, you aren't alone. 
if you are nodding your head as you listen to this, then you need the Salon Mastery proven nine part plan to grow your salon. That's right, no more winging it. The Salon Mastery nine part plan has given hundreds of salon owners a plan to grow, build a rockstar team, attract dream clients, and become a salon CEO. Our plan will work for you too. To uncover the nine part proven plan, just click the apply now link in the show notes of this episode. Okay, now back to the episode. Brand aesthetic. So I think I use that term a lot and I have a preconceived idea that everyone knows what I'm talking about, but they probably don't. So when I say, let's talk about your brand aesthetic, if I open up my Instagram app and I go to your Instagram page, what is it that I am seeing? What colors tie everything together? Do the fonts all kind of work harmoniously in each of the images? Is everything structured so that as the content distributes throughout your feed and the grid, that it's spaced out in a way that makes sense and works? Or is there a big cluster of one thing altogether and something else going on on the other side of the page? Now, have you got Instagram highlights that are not labeled or it's not cohesive? So I want to see, I want my eye to be drawn to your page and, and sing the same song all the way through. If you go to our Instagram page, and it, it does change over time, but we have a color scheme that is the primary focus of most of our content. And that means that as you're flicking through and you're seeing each individual tile, you'll pretty much be able to go, oh, that's a six underground post without, before you've even read it. And that's the same thing that I want to happen for salons so that when clients are flicking through their Instagram feed, they see something, it catches their eye. And it, I'm not even talking about a hair shot or a beauty shot, just the colors, the aesthetics, the fonts, and the way everything's laid out. They know that that post is coming straight from you. And that's when you know that you've got a really good sense of brand. The amount of salons that, you know, will have a variety of different fonts on one tile and then different colors on another, and it doesn't tie together. There's no synchronicity there. That's what makes people lose interest because they're like, I don't know what that is. It doesn't tell a story. So I think you really need to know what your brand aesthetic is. You need to know what brand fonts you want to work with, what brand colors, and also have a set of rules about how you capture content in the salon. Like use the same spot all the time. You know, all of them have a list of and have a list of don'ts so that there's consistency. Yeah, it's kind of like a visual stamp of your brand. And the goal is instantaneously recognize that I'm with this with these people right now exactly. and visually be able to see that. I was thinking as you were speaking, Hayley, um, it's a bit like if we were to serve a client for Cut and Blow Wave and we did a really great consultation, which is the plan. We did a really great haircut, which is the content creation. And then we said, well, there you go. Off you go now. There's no blow wave. And we just let them walk out with wet hair. It's like if we do really good content, we do great before and afters, we take great photos and put a lot of effort into our reel, but we don't do the blow wave. That's the visual element that we're forgetting and there's no consistency, right? We haven't put the icing on the cake. Finishing. (laughs) Absolutely. Finishing. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I don't know if I'm completely messing up the metaphors here, but when you think about that, that, that finishing, it's not just the styling. It's also like, you know, teaching people how to do it as well. So there needs to be a form of education in that content. 
oh, I like this. We're, we're, we're building a nice little story here. That's a good narrative. That's good. good narrative. Um, all right. I want to talk about your new book because you've just released it yes. very recently to the date that we're chatting today. Um, let's start with, like, what the heck is the book? What inspired it to start with? Okay. So the story is last year um, I went on tour with Goldwell as an MBE speaker and my two co-hosts on that tour were Sandy from the AHC and Mia DeBreeze from The Secret Fox. And Sandy was amazing and she spoke about industry and all about, you know, the back-end picture of how our indie industry operates. Mia spoke about what it's like running a salon, all of the problems that you had and how to fix them. And then I spoke about the marketing piece. And I learned so much from what both Sandy and Mia said that Mia in particular spoke to salon owners' problems. And one of the things that she covered was we're in a new age and what we've always done doesn't work anymore. So we have to completely restructure our thinking and our processes around business. Things like um, you don't need to operate on Saturdays anymore. Like we just thought that we absolutely had to, but we can change the structure and we can teach our clients new habits and we can give ourselves a little bit more of a life again. She she really spoke to um, about creating a brand that works for you and ditching all of the old rules, which I learned so much from. And I said to her, I just learned so much from everything you said. And on each city, she would say something different. And it was so inspiring. And I was like, this needs to be in a book because we're only speaking to, you know, a room of 50 people at a time per city, but the whole industry needs to know, you know, this advice. And she said, well, I feel the same about you because I forget that all of my social media knowledge, I get it and I'm living it each and every day, but no one else is. So even though I feel like I'm sharing it all the time, it still needs to reach a wider audience. So a lot of what I spoke about in that social space about, you know, different strategies and ways to approach content. And what I was saying to you before about, you know, we need to use content as a part of business capital and it, we need to invest our time because the return on that, that investment comes down the track six months later, like you said. So and also we've got to think about, um, our, I think we spoke about this in our, our chat a few weeks ago, Larissa, that, you know, salon structures are changing. And as far as the industry goes across the board, I'm not just speaking to salon owners anymore. I'm speaking to product companies and I'm speaking to independent stylists, like people that have gone to a regular chair model. Now, Go back five years ago, I would only be speaking to salon owners. So there's been a massive shift, probably post-COVID, about the way people kind of have diverted their careers to become more uh, work-life, you know, work-life balance friendly. So the book is very much covering all of those things. Um, and, and that was the inspiration behind writing it. And that's essentially what's, what the content is. I love it. Okay, well, let's do this. What is either the most well-received or your favorite chapter or piece in there? Do you want to give us a little bit of an insight to one of those and um, just a little bit of a tidbit of what we might expect? Um, okay, my favorite part of the book is lots of worksheets of there. And previously, Mia and I released a diary that had interactive worksheets that you kind of fill out along the way. So I've 
not that anyone can see, but I'm opening up the book now. So it, it might be like something that you fill out regarding your social media. And once it's all filled out, you get the strategy at the end because you've identified the highs, the lows, and what it is that's needed. As you go through the book, you can fill those out as you're learning the strategies. I think what is uh, productive and clever is you go onto the very last page of the book and it's full of different QR codes. Now, I can scan one of those QR codes and it will give me a digital version of what's in the book. So I can print that out and I can take it to the team and say, okay, everyone, I've got this book, but I've got these printouts and I want you to fill them out and we're going to go through these activities together. So I love that I've been able to go from a hard copy book to something digital, something shareable amongst the team. And I can break that down chapter by chapter by individual QR code. So you're basically getting the ebook as well as the fantastic. So that's my favorite of the book. But I think the of the book that's been most well received is the chapter written by Mia on team culture and what it is to this day and age really structure a team, what it looks like, what what to do, what not to do. And she speaks to that really well in the sense that you know we're dealing with I think a more fragile generation the moment come out of COVID um you know with all of our younger team members have been brought up in an entirely different world what you and I kind of think throughout our careers in because it's very very difficult so she explained that how she really mentored that team from that younger perspective and gives them everything that they want and it's a totally different structure to um what apprenticeships and teams were like back in the day where you show up at this time and you don't leave until everything's done. It's all about, you know, creating a really positive environment. And I just love how she does it because it would have been a huge risk rolling that out. For sure. For sure. All right. Uh, We shall make sure we get the link to your book in the show notes of this episode. That would be awesome. I will share that link with you. Amazing. Um, all right, as a business owner in uh, 2023, what is a quote or a mantra or something that kind of keeps you centered on the straight and narrow, something you think all owners need to hear? Mine, um, mine actually comes from, I've turned it into a business quote and a business mantra, but it came from something that I always reflected on personally, and that is that comparison is the thief of joy. And Ooh, yes, yeah, I think the more we compare ourselves to others and, you know, this person's achieved this and this person has that and all of these things that I want and I don't have them, the more you start to do that comparison, the less joy that is in your life because nothing is ever as it seems on the outside. Like everyone's life on Instagram looks so much better than what it actually is. Right? And look, we're all guilty of it. I mean, I don't really punch the negative stuff on Instagram. I don't, you know, update. I've just had a really terrible day and this, but I kind of process that internally and move on the next day. Um, so it does look super glamorous and it looks fun and fantastic all the time, but it's not the reality and no one's, no one really, you don't get to know what's going on behind the scenes with everyone. And I think when I have a lot of businesses uh, come to me, I don't know, one in particular, and so, okay, so the salad down the road is doing this, so we need to do that exact same thing. Like, why? They have a different clientele to you. They have a 
there's so many reasons why you are not there and you don't need to do what they're doing just because they're doing it. You feel like there's a missed opportunity because that's a package that they're offering your client, uh, their clients, and you need to offer it as well, but it's that's not the case. So I think yeah. the more you spend time comparing yourself to others, um, the further you're getting away from what is the core foundation of your brand and your your business ethos. You really need to have a core understanding of what it is that you're there to do as a service provider and just stick, stay in your own way. Good advice. Well spoken. <laughs> <laughs> What's a, a, a group, a podcast, uh, a book or something that you've consumed recently that you would suggest that we all get our hands on outside of your book, of course? Okay. Um, look, I... I go to so many different places and um, I, as far as podcasts go, um, I kind of jump around and listen to pieces of, of different ones. Um, obviously, yours is something that I do, I get to listen to. I like to have a, a little puppy in every now and then and, and catch up on what I've missed there. Sometimes I look for business minds that are guests on other podcasts and just listen to them. Lisa Messenger has always been someone that I've I followed with interest. Again, she's authentic in the story that she built this amazing um, magazine, The Collective, and then it, it really worked out for her and she had to pull the pin on it. And I loved that she just still kept telling her story, even though a lot of people would see that as a failure. Um, but I was like, no, we had sale at different times and she owned it and she talked us through what that was like and she actually rebuilt it. And she found a way to reskin and pivot and do it all again. So I'm always in awe of people that can do that kind of thing. And with um, Sophia Amoruso, um, who has Girl Boss, um, that was such a great book and a great TV series, if anyone wants to check that out. And it was about how she was the first market person selling uh, vintage pieces on eBay and then creating her own online store and the thing. The youngest self-made female multimillionaire at the time. So she's a great one. But I would just say where's like go-to for anything online. I am on Pinterest every single day and I'm always learning something new because my seeds, my algorithm are now designed the content that comes through my Pinterest is specific to things that I need. So whether it be social media, tech updates, updates anything in that business space um you know i'm really into paleo at the moment it's like my paleo stuff comes through um my yoga stuff comes through like it's just this go-to place brings me up to date news of all of the parts of my life that really inspire me and that i love so pinterest and i've been saying okay. that for years i'm never getting off that bandwagon Okay, I am I am not a pinner right now. I've had moments of dabbling in there, but you've inspired me to go back there. Like I go back there when I'm, when I'm we're about to do up our kitchen, so I've got some nice kitchens on there, and I kind of build the board, show the designer, and I move on. So, all right, I'm I've I've heard you say this several times. Uh, Pinterest loading. Uh, I have to speak to Sophia, the Sophia story, um, the CEO, the diary of a CEO. Um, I've been listening to. And he interviewed Sophia. Best episode. Might put the might put the link in this show notes. Okay. You've got to listen to it because I just 
I lapped up everything that she said. She's so raw and she was such a naughty teenager, which is <laughs> and you know how she became successful despite that. She's so ballsy and real. So adored that. So I'm gonna put that gotta listen to it. It's a go-to. I have such a great story about her. I I booked to see her. She was came out to Australia to speak for business chicks. And I went to a breakfast, which I don't do because it started at like 6.30 or something. And she came on stage and the night was saw um, Nasty Girl, her company filed for Chapter 11 in America. It went under, it went bankrupt. And she had to get on stage that very next morning and there was at least, I don't know, 500 of us in the room at um, Star City Casino. And... The, the host then, I've got to talk about the elephant in the room. It's in the papers. You filed for Chapter 11 yesterday. And, you know, she was very, you know, raw, um, emotional and shared what that was like. And I thought, I've never met a more impressive woman to show up while your company's just gone bankrupt the next morning and be authentic about it and be like, yeah, and it's Apple stuff. I've made really ball stuff. I yeah, I just said that. Yeah, for sure. And I just think she does it in this really nice way. Like she's not uh, she's not down on herself. She's not blaming anything. She's just how it is. Um, speaking of that, I just watched <laughs> the Ed Sheeran on Disney. Have you watched that? No, no. Ed Sheeran's just come out on Disney and it's kind of cover, follows him for three years. And he, in in like three months, in a six-month period, his wife gets cancer he has a baby and loses his best friend. And it's just, his world is just, and he's on tour and having, you know, the best tour of his life. And he's just, you know, he's just a dude living his life, having a shit time. And he's in tears a lot. And he, he does this show dedicated to his best friend who died. And he cries on stage and then, of course, feels embarrassed about it afterwards. And it's like, you could be the biggest rock star in the world, which he is, and you, you're just still a person. Just living normal life, trying to get through and survive like the rest of us. And I, I just, oh, I like Ed. I went to see his concert earlier this year. Man, he's good. He is so talented. Incredible. I'm a fan. For sure. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I'm not into his his music, but I adore him as a person. I love watching him being interviewed because he's just so, I mean, to use the word again, authentic. Yeah. Very real. It's real. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's nice. It's refreshing. I think it's refreshing coming out from a uh, what social media brought to us. Like it's such a gift, but it got a bit weird there for a while where everyone was just kind of being a bit like must show best self. I think we're, we're turning the tables maybe and coming back to being a little bit more real. Let's yeah. hope. Yeah, totally. All right. Hey, I love having just a bit of a riff. That was pretty cool. Uh, appreciate you coming on today. I know people are going to want to stalk you, find you. What's your dub dub in your socials? Where can we find you? Okay, so our Instagram and Facebook handle is at Six Underground Media, all lowercase. Our website is sixunderground.net.au. And we have like a VIP uh, Facebook group, which I've, I've let it be a little bit in for a while, but it is coming back. So um, the, the handle on that in Facebook groups is Six Underground VIP. Love it. All right. Uh, go and check out Haley. Haley, I appreciate you hanging out with me this afternoon. Uh, it's been good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's afternoon. It's morning to me. Love that. It's sick. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat to you. And that's a wrap. I always love catching up with you, Haley. 
Uh, you're an incredible knowledge base when it comes to identifying brand and storytelling. Definitely inspirational. So I hope you got some valuable insights out of this episode that you can implement straight away into your marketing strategy. Maybe it's a time for an audit of your visual brand. Do you have defined colors and fonts? Is your Instagram grid cohesive? Maybe you're just feeling determined to set aside some time for content creation. I especially love Haley's tip on incentivizing your team to create content. Like, let's get them into it. There's something I hear a lot from content creators that I meet is that everything is content. You might not think that your senior stylist arriving to work on a Tuesday coffee in hand and ready for the week is good content, but it could be. And if there's just one thing that you've taken away from this episode, then hopefully it's the importance of brand story. An online world where everybody is competing for your attention with a never-ending stream of content ensuring that what you actually put out into the world is cohesive, inspirational, intentional. These are the important keys if you want not uh, only stop the scroll, but actually build a rapport with your current and potential clients so that you rent space right back in their minds so that the next time that they think about looking into a salon, they think of you first. All right, that's a wrap from me. Ciao for now. Same time, same place next week.